Hello and welcome to the latest Hearts Standard Briefing. My name is Joe Sked. I am joined by James Kearney. And today is Christmas Eve, but it's also the day that we review Hearts 2-0 win over St Mirren at Tynecastle Park. A result that allowed Hearts to take full control of third place and open up a three-point oh, uh, three gap to St Mirren, but two points ahead of Kilmarnock, who jumped into fourth. And the... Going into the derby, Hearts are five points ahead of Hibs, while Aberdeen are a further five points back, although they have two games in hand. Of course, Hibs and Aberdeen were not playing yesterday. Because it's Christmas Eve and we got things to do, you have got family to see, I've got work to do, uh, we will keep this short and sharp. We'll look at certain elements of the game, but overall, James, what was your initial feeling having watched the game and now had time to kind of stew on it and dissect it? Yeah, I think it was quite a measured and pretty comfortable afternoon in the end for Hearts mm. and that's something that we've not always seen um, to be, you know, I think there's certainly been a lot of games there, particularly early on in the season where even matches where Hearts have won them, they've maybe won one now the goals maybe came late on, I'm thinking of like you know, the Livingston game at Tynecastle for instance yep. uh, maybe the most kind of glaring example of that, but this wasn't like that at all, you know, there was the obviously Shankland scoring either side of half time, uh, but you know, getting that first goal that's like we talked about yesterday before the match, it was so important because that from that point on, Hearts never looked like losing. I mean, St Mirren, they were they made life difficult for Hearts as we knew they would. You know, it, it wasn't maybe as, it wasn't like totally plain sailing, but they also didn't really lay much of a glove on mm. on, on Hearts. I mean, I remember Xander Clark had a good save at two 0 maybe about twenty minutes to go. Um, from a, a header that was quite from close range, that that was great. But apart from that, I don't really remember him doing much. So I think that it's again, it's just one of these afternoons where, particularly when you're playing someone who's in the same um, part of the table as you, when you've when you're able to kind of beat them and not even have to worry really about conceding, not really having to get like, get click into top gear. In order to get the win, I think that's really encouraging and really impressive. Because again, it wasn't a vintage display from Hearts. I don't think. I don't think Hearts no. are amazing, but at the same time, they just did they did the job, got it done, got the three points, got another clean sheet, another two goals. The only thing you could maybe say is, I maybe after maybe when it went to two 0 maybe the team put, took their foot off the gas a wee bit. Maybe they could have scored an, another one, which would have been nice, just because I mean, three goals in Hearts games this season, not a thing that really happens. So that'd be a nice no. change, but. Yes, that's just nitpicking. You know, if you're saying like, oh, you know, Hearts maybe should have scored more, that the result should have been more commanding. You know, that's not a bad place to be nitpicking from. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, I was, saying, I was watching a game. I thought this, this is, this is okay, a, a decent performance. Didn't think it was, uh, didn't think it was brilliant by any means or perfect. There was, there was elements of the. Um, the, the play that frustrated me in terms of the the setup, I thought the times maybe were too deep, and it was it was difficult when we won the ball back to try mm. and it didn't have enough players in forward areas or around Shankland or beyond Shankland to 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 trouble St. Mirren when we did win the ball back and and counter attack. But same time, watching having watched the so I've watched the first fifty minutes back so up until two now we need to watch the rest for analysis piece that goes up on the site later on. But watching it back, the, the big. I think you used the word earlier on. It was comfortable, and that's that. That was what I saw in the rewatch. Was just mm. how comfortable we were. St. Mirren were St. Mirren were 
as Stephen Naismith said, and, and, and expected Simran to be, they were they were difficult in the way they, they pressed. They pressed quite high up the high up the pitch, and there was a there was a real focus on on on, on Benny. But mm. it was the, it was difficult. But so it was, it was difficult for Hearts to break the press, as Stephen Naismith talked about after the uh, after the game. But the good thing is, is when Hearts did maybe lose the ball, they were really quick to win it back. And then when St Mirren had the ball, which they had more of, we were kind of you were expecting Hearts mm-hmm. to have 60, 70 percent possession. Hearts only had, I think it was fifty three in the end, and that probably helped make it a more um, interesting game for the uh, interesting game for the fans. But Hearts never looked like scoring from uh, conceding from open play, and you see that with the chances and the if you look at the kind of XG and where St Mirren's chances came from, they all came from set pieces and. Mm-hmm. There was they created quite a few opportunities from set pieces, but again, that comes. I think that a big big part of that is Hearts again. I know it's something that fans of get frustrated with bringing everyone back, but there's a real you see the real benefit of that when you see was it Kai Rose clearing one off the line that they've mm. Hearts have got bodies in there that okay St Mirren might win the first contact, but Hearts will win can get the second contact and make it difficult if a, a chance does. Arise for St. Mirren, so that was that was real positive. And I mean, coming out of the game and looking at social media, and it was it was nice to see so many fans be so positive about the about the performance, about the team, about the direction the team's going. And so, yeah, there was I think there was a lot of a lot of positives to take from it. I suppose we'll kind of go through go through those positives. So one was was Halkett. I was was impressed with his performance. I think there was one slip, uh, but overall, we could see just that physicality brought. He never got bullied. He marshaled Jonah and Ayunga very well. He read the game very well. But having watched the game back, he was making a lot of really um, progressive passes. He, he, was, he wasn't playing safe. He was firing at the midfield. It was Benny or Atkinson. Some didn't come off, but it was encouraging to see that. No, definitely. Because I think that it's good a sign as Frankie Kent has been, and he's been so solid. And he's been mm-hmm. uh, you know, a great addition to the team. But I don't think his distribution's all that, to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm constantly turning to you in matches. <laughs> you know, when Frankie Kent's just, uh, you know, raked a 70 yard ball and just goes out for a throw in or something like that. And it's going, oh, God, he just can't do it, can he? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not convinced that, you know, maybe, you know, um, maybe I'm wrong. But I, you're right. I think that having someone there who's a bit better at passing can make a big difference. Because, you know, we saw in the game, was it St. Johnston, wasn't it, when. Um, they basically just sat sat back and just let Kent have the ball, yeah. and you know again it, I think that was that that did work to an extent. I think um, I don't know if Kent's Kent particularly long range passing is quite there. Whereas I think we saw snippets of that from Halkett yesterday, and I mean the other the other thing as well, of course, is that just getting ninety minutes in his legs for mm-hmm. you know I mean that that was this first start. It was almost a year to the day, wasn't it? Um, yes, yeah. Christmas Eve last today, year, Boxing yeah. Day. yeah you know, it's been you know a year, and then to, to not only play, but to last the full ninety as well was great. Um, and I just thought that he will be a really big, big and important player for Hearts, particularly obviously with Rose and uh, Atkinson away to the Asian Cup with Australia. Yeah, they're going. To, he's going to be needed if Naismith wants to persist to the back, the back three. And I, I do think that yeah, you're right. I think in that central role. He, he's, that's probably the one that's. I, I think. I think that's the one that sits in best. But I know you think he's mm. probably better suited to the right, don't you? <laughs> yes, but like watch, uh, watching it, um, watching it yesterday, I, I thought it worked really well because I was going to come on to talk about the uh, about uh, when Rose goes to the Asian Cup and it, it's going to be Kingsley 
Kent and um, Halkett if we stick with the back three. So it was um, like looking ahead to that, I was like, that's going to be a really robust back three because all three of them are really good in there. Like Stephen Kingsley's, uh, mm. you don't you don't think of it, but he's he's he's, he's a really uh, he's a big asset in terms of how how often he wins aerial duels. But Kai Rose was 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 excellent. I was really really impressed with him yesterday, especially on the watchback. He was so aggressive, and I think that was a big big part about. Um, Hearts' performance is that Atkinson, Cochrane and Rose behind them and then you add in Kent and uh, Halkett because that's their natural game. All five of them were really aggressive when up against St Mirren, uh, when against a St Mirren opponent. If it went wide, Cochrane and Atkinson, like they did against Celtic, they just went straight to their man and, and really pressed. And again, that's something that Hearts fans want to uh, want to see. And then yet, yeah, can I answer, answer, your, <laughs> answer your question? Watching it yesterday, I thought there was a nice balance there. So I think there's... It's a it's a nice option to have where you could you could have Kent in the centre, Hulk in the centre. But if it's uh, like you said, if, I think it's probably easier for teams if if Kent is is in the centre to then stand off and just allow him to have the ball. Whereas mm-hmm. it gets it makes it more difficult. I think if he's in a wider position because I think there's just better angles there for for passing. And then you have Hulk who showed yesterday that he can he can drive with the ball, but he, he can also fire into midfield and. Then you have Benny play such a such an important important role. I know, I know, he's taking a lot of, uh, some criticism from fans. He's always going sideways or uh, backwards. But the big thing with uh, Benny is that it's that's just it's, there, there's times where yes, he should play it forward more or play uh, quicker. But the, a lot of the time, also a lot of the time, is the opposition, especially St. Mirren. They really target him with the, uh, the press, and they know how important he is for Hearts building up. Mm. That he keeps the ball. That's the main thing. It's like in that position, worst comes to worst, he'll keep that ball. Yeah, I was gonna, that's what I was going to say. It's like you know, but as far as I'm concerned, you know, it looks like it from the way he plays. But England's got one job, and it's don't lose the ball, don't lose the ball. You know, that that's by far the most important thing. You know, yeah. that means playing it sideways, that means passing it back. That's fine. Just means don't lose the ball because if you lose the ball, we're in big trouble. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I think that. Um, it, again, we touched on it after the Celtic game and after the Aberdeen games, and like you know areas where he could be a bit more progressive and then areas where he was a bit more progressive and obviously that's a great string to have to your bow but yeah first and foremost his job is don't lose it whatever you do you know <laughs> and like it's gen- generally as like a you know that's kind of what you want from your midfielders you don't want them losing the ball you know that's the most yeah. important thing is just just keep a hold of it you know um so yeah no, i think benny was good and then you know, also yeah, definitely have to have a word for Aiden Denham as well. I thought he was brilliant again yesterday. Yeah, I was, I was going, um, to, I was going to ask you about him because uh, you wrote about him for the, uh, the kind of the, the match, kind of match review piece that went up after the game, and I think we were both, we were both really, really impressed with him. What did you, what did you see in him that, that added to the Hearts midfield or something that quality the Hearts have missed? Honestly, I think it was just the his energy and his work rate and the fact that he was willing to make runs in behind. I mean, there was a great chance. I don't think it, was, it didn't even result in a chance actually, but it was towards the end of the first half. I'm sure when uh, Shanklin got the ball kind of near the touchline out, out on the right, and he just did that little flick on because he saw yep. Denham absolutely motoring past him. You know, and he just and then obviously Denham got on the end of it. He charged up right, right at the park. I don't, I don't think the final ball was there. I think he maybe lost it or uh, he, he slowed right down. But you know, just seeing that intent, seeing that, um, yeah, that willingness to drive. That's something that we've just you know we've touched on it a lot. There's not been a lot of players this season in the Hearts midfield who are good at getting the ball, carrying it forward, or driving forward. You know, making those kind of line-breaking kind of runs. 
in supporting the attack. We've not seen enough of it this season. I, 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 um, but I do think that Denham in the last couple of games has shown that maybe he's the answer. You know, obviously that's um, it's a lot of responsibility to place on upper shoulders, especially one so young. But mm-hmm. you know, I think if he, if again, if you can go away to Parkhead, you know, up against some of the best midfielders in the country, and not look out of place whatsoever, you know, if you can do it again, again the next week against the Mern. You know, he's he does it seems to be progressing a lot, and I think the last two games in particular. He's really stood out and shown what he can bring to his heart. Even it's something that that it has been lacking, and it's something that nobody else can really do. I think. Yeah, I I'm glad you I'm glad you brought up that that one move where he he, he ran beyond Shankland and got the ball off Shankland. It's a lovely a lovely pass from Shankland because it was noticeable when watching the back. He started that by winning the ball. So there's mm. a loose ball in the own, um, in the Hearts area. He won it by uh, with a header. He knocked out wide, and the first thing he did was he was on he was on his bike to, yeah. to get forward. And he was he was he was very box to box. He was really noticeable how he was everywhere. He was picking up on loose balls. It was just there was a lot of personality to his performance, and there was even a moment where. I think it was Richard Taylor had an attempt in the second half. Sorry, the first half towards the end of the first half. I think he might have caught dead. It's just I don't. Obviously, it wasn't uh, uh, on purpose. But I think when he was shooting, he might have caught Denham with his elbow, and mm. then he went down. Uh, Taylor went down, and he was kind of uh, lying on the ground. And then Denham was like hovering over him, shouting him, uh, rather than checking if he was okay. So I, I don't mind that. That's fine. It's a wee bit of uh, a wee bit of needle. Uh, that reminds me of like that famous photo of Naismith. Naismith, uh, you know, yeah. Basically pointing and laughing at a guy. Yeah. Like, I can't remember what game it is now. But Everton against weird... West Ham, maybe, or something. Maybe, but there's definitely a wee genre of... It seems to be particularly in Scottish football as well, where it's just people just laughing at people they've injured. Yeah. <laughs> Which is always quite good fun. But, <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I thought, Denham, I mean, you're right. I mean, yeah, he did play a lot of personality. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we touched on it yesterday, but as well, just you know, within... Was it the first ten seconds? He was already charging, charging forward, yeah. and, you know, winning, winning a free kick in a good area, getting an opposition player booked, getting Alex Gogic booked. Yeah, that's a huge bonus. So you got him walking a tightrope for the rest of the game. Um, Nick Walsh know, confused him for Richard Taylor. Easy mistake to make. Easy mistake to make. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and then obviously as well, he was unfortunately he got the assist for Shankland. I mean, to be fair, let's be honest, it's not much of an assist. It's, but that goes mainly Shankland. I would, I would. Say. Yes, yeah, yeah. But then even later on, you know. Um, there was a point where Shankland probably should have got his hat trick when um, I can't remember who it was. It was one of the St. Marion players was kind of playing out from the back and he was dawdling. It was Denham that caught him out. And De- yeah. I remember watching it, watching the clip back and Denham was at the halfway line a matter of seconds beforehand. And he, he you know, he spots, you know, this is the time to go press. He charges up the park, wins the ball back, slips it through to Shankland. Shankland should probably score or cut it back to Denham. Doesn't do either in the end. And you know, he can, so I think he can genuinely consider himself unfortunate not to have ended up on the score sheet. He can consider himself unfortunate to have only finished with one assist. And yeah, I thought he was brilliant yesterday. Like, um, if it wasn't for Shangund, that's uh, probably man of the match. But yeah. as it's most weeks, ah, it's got to be Shangund, doesn't it? Like, I mean, what a goal. Yeah, well, well, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, just before we move on to Shankland, we'll, we'll um, just mention uh, Macaulay Tate came off the bench for uh, Denham again. Mm. I think it was another uh, other good showing from Macaulay Tate. He could have scored himself. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's again two academy players have shown up well, starting off the bench the last two weeks again, and a really encouraging, a encouraging sign. But yeah, Lauren Shankland, just just ridiculous. 
It is, wasn't it? I mean, I mean, I think the first goal, like we've seen that a few times. I think you know, he's, you know, he's good at getting those areas, lurking at the back post. He knows where to be. Um, you know, it was, it was good play after the initial header was cleared to create that chance. But, I mean, the second eye, that's just. You, it, there's been a few times this season where he's had those kind of. Um, just kind of instinctive, slightly yeah. speculative shots from the edge of the area, and they've not always came off. In fact, we're often all just ballooned in at the stand. But I mean, but you see why he's trying them now because they can do that sometimes. I mean, they're just just wonderful. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what else can you say? <laughs> I don't. So I, I, there, I, I don't. There's anything else. Uh, anything else more to say? Like again, I just. It just. Uh, it, it's probably something you you'll write, so we won't touch on it. We, I think you're going to write the start of the transfer window and just how basically Hearts just just don't sell them uh, essentially. Mm -hmm. And uh, Graham Graham, who's watching, uh, who, who mentioned about his his uh, comparison to Rudy Scatchel, there really is not been a more kind of impactful, influential single player for Hearts match winning qualities than uh, than Shat. Uh, um, than than Shackland since since Scatchel. it's it's just that it, it just has that that aura that is no matter no matter the game as long as he's on the pitch you just think he's going to produce in a harsh jersey and it's more than just his his goals which are just which is just fantastic it's forty three now so he's he's getting very close to that fifty mark which I'm sure he'll hit before the before the end of the end of the season as long as he stays um, just on that by the way quickly so I wrote a piece um, a few weeks ago it was kind of Try to figure out when he'd hit it. Yeah, I think I think the I think it was something. I think the date I'd figured out if he'd maintained that rate would have been uh, the last game before the split or something Ooh. like that. Like whereas right now he's yeah, he's going to get it done by February, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. He's. Um, I was. It was funny because I again I didn't, um, don't want to break an embargo, but he was asked about. Um, he was asked about hitting the hitting the twenty mark again um, mm. on after the game. And um, he had quite a good a good answer to that. But in terms of his goal, yeah, his goals. But just you talked about his passing to Denham. Just his his, his layoff, his um, kind of link play is just is just phenomenal. Just the way he he either controls the ball and keeps it, or his awareness and vision. As long as players are running off him, that he can he can kind of just steer the ball, manoeuvre the ball in, in whatever situation into the path of a teammate. And uh, it's just, it just must be such a, uh, such a benefit and boost for his teammates to know that, right, see if I get it to Shanklin's feet, he's going to keep that. Or if I get it to Shanklin's feet, I'm going to make that run. He'll find me or he'll look for me. It's just, it's just such a, uh, such an incredible talent for, for the team to have. And, Oh, really, really, really don't want to lose him. No, yeah, I, I, I completely understand. I mean, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's the ball retention. Like, that's the thing that after the goals, it really stands out to I me. Mean, that's what makes me think, for instance, that he's an international level like striker because, again, talking back to it, but he keeps the ball and he keeps yeah. the ball in incredibly pressurized situations. And that's it's invaluable. It's so important, particularly for Hearts when. You know, perhaps they're you know like the game against Celtic, where they are set, having to sit deep a bit. They do need to, you know, need someone to hold it so they can get players up the park. He's just always there, and like, yeah, at this point you're you're running out of superlatives for the guy. I mean, he's just yeah, completely irreplaceable in my opinion. Um, I mean, that, that's him now scored. What is it, is it? He's now scored more goals than everyone else combined. 
Is yeah, right? so if you if, if you discount if you discount own goals and we're looking at um, in all competitions, he scored more goals than the rest of the team the team combined. It's ridiculous. I mean, especially as I say, you know, you look at his goals and you're like, oh, that's brilliant. But then when you put it in the context of what well, own goals is the team's second top scorer with three goals, um, a handful of players have got two, and then that's it. You know, it's like he's so so important. He's so important. Yeah, you know, it just yeah, you can't you can't stress it enough, can you? Just uh, yeah, yeah. Just uh, before we move on, I'm going to um, put Graham's question up on uh, on the screen just uh, in, a, in a second. If I see Steve Clark named Jacob Brown in that Scotland squad ahead of Lauren Shagland, I'm going to be leading a one man protest at Edinburgh Airport or Glasgow Airport, wherever wherever Scotland are flying from to go to Germany. The, the one I'm terrified of is what if like Barney somehow sneaks on. Like, <laughs> Clark seems to have a weird soft spot for him. <laughs> no, that that terrifies me more, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's, he's got to got to be on the flight to Germany. Uh, so Graham, before we kind of uh, finish up by talking uh, more generally, uh, Graham asks, "What's your thoughts on Oda? He seems to struggle to beat a man, but his work rate is excellent." I'll let you answer. Uh, I've got. Uh, got a strong feeling over Oda, mm. but I'll let you answer answer this first, James. What's your what's your thoughts on Oda, who played yesterday as kind of uh, as, as right wing? I thought he was getting in good positions a fair bit, um, you know, particularly with the way that Cochrane and Atkinson were kind of playing inverted. They were coming in infield mm-hmm. to join the midfield, it freed up space in the wings, and I think that Oda did get in good areas, but it just seems like he was a wee bit. I think you know Graham's points. A good one, the fact that he struggles to beat his man. Like I don't think he took on his man enough, to be honest. Like you know, I think he's he's a quick player. He's agile. You know, he's got that shift of balance. He's he should be able to take players on. And Matt Matthew was it was just maybe a wee bit too safe, a wee bit too conservative. Yep. You know, I think that he wasn't always looking to make that run and you know try and take his take his fullback on. It was more just get the ball pass it back, pass it infield, take the safe option. Um, I, I do think there is a player in there. I think that when you look at his ability, I, mean, I think he's, he's really good with the ball. His feet, he's, he's again, kind of similar to Shankland. I think he's really good when there's a lot of players around him putting pressure on. I think he's good at keeping a hold of it. But maybe he's just not looking forward enough. Maybe he's just not um, being that being quite as creative as he could be. Because I, I think he's got the skill set there, but I think it's, there's maybe just a little bit of a lack of imagination at times, to be honest. Yeah, he. he I, I think a lot of you said is uh, you. If I, he just he frustrates me because, like you said, you know, there's there's a player in there. I think he's he can be he, he can be quite productive. Like he gets into good areas. There was one moment where so the big thing about the shape yesterday was we at times you were wondering what the hell is going on, yeah. especially that first half. But we Naysmith was kind of talked about it. It's like probably one he took on the chin. They just because they, they struggled to beat certain press, and the big thing was to try and get Barry McKay and Jutaro Oda. Uh, in one v one situations, mm. so basically they, they were playing there because they're good at one v one, and they want them to get into areas where they're able to take on the wing back or the uh, the wide centre back for uh, first and minimum. They just didn't they just didn't get the, uh, Mackay and Oda in to those areas often enough. But there's there's one where Oda did he did get shifted to Oda and he did well and got a ball into the box and Denham was running in and he, he tried to try to flex. Yeah. So there was that kind of positive moment but and he like uh, Graham says his work rate is excellent but I just find that he's too he frustrates me because he's too negative. Mm-hmm. He, it, it, just on that moment by the way I remember right when um when Oda received the ball he was maybe about the halfway line and Naismith was 
just shouting at him, just like, go, go, yeah, go, yeah. go. <laughs> you know? Again, just shows that the fact that Naismith thinks he has to issue that instruction, again, just shows that maybe, you know, again, Oda's maybe he needs to be told, like, no, go attack. Yeah. And obviously for a, a winger or an attacker, that should be your, your first instinct anyway, you would think. So there was there's a there was a boy we had or we had in the championship season and some I think he played some pre- Premiership games uh, Jordan Roberts and he always he just like he, he was signed as he was a winger kind of forward he'd get the ball but he was like he would never be positive with it he would always he, he was really neat and tidy but he would never take on his man he would never run him behind uh, despite being despite being quick and decent on the ball Oda is a better a better player than uh, than Jordan Roberts, but there there are aspects of that where he gets the ball and you just want just just go just take someone on take be mm. a risk take a risk if you lose it that's fine or if you try and uh, play in Atkinson who's running beyond you or fire the ball in the uh, uh, feet that's fine just be just be positive and direct but he'll take a touch he'll look up and he'll think nah I'm just going to keep the ball and that's you don't want that you you, you want you talked about Benny. It's important for him to keep the ball mm. because he's he's in those areas where if he gets uh, if he gets um, tackled and intercepted, then the opposition are in good areas. Whereas you want your wingers to just be uh, have that mindset. It's like if I lose the ball, it doesn't matter. We'll get it back and then we'll try and win it back and mm. then I'll go again and still have that that confidence. At the moment, I just don't see enough of that from Oda. And that's something I think he really needs to work on is that uh, that mindset of right. My first thought is going forward. My first thought is being positive. I don't think he does that enough. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that, I mean, in sharp contrast to, for instance, Alan Forrest, I think, who's excellent. At that. Yeah. He, you know, he gets the ball, even when he's playing at wing back, he gets the ball forward, forward, forward. Yeah. You know, Whether that means driving down the wing, cutting inside, but he's happy to carry the ball and just get it forward. And I think that, I, I, that that's what you like to see a wee bit more from Oda, because I'm sure. Again, like technically, he's capable of it. You know, he's a he's like you say, he is a tidy player. You know, he's he's good with the ball at his feet. I think he's quite technical. It's maybe just yeah, he needs that kind of shift in mentality. Um, you know, just I guess that just gets done on the training pitch. You know, I guess the only way to do that is just through coaching. But yeah, I'd certainly like to see him take a few more risks, get a bit more. Um, yeah, like you say, you know, there's a reason. In the last few minutes of games, teams go to the corner flag to lose, you know, to run, run down the clock. It's because it's the best place in the pitch to lose the ball. You know that that's yeah. you know, so if you're a winger, it's fine to lose the ball there. That's all yeah. right. If you have to lose the ball anywhere, that's where you want to lose it. Just I, take a risk, beat your man, like you say. The reason him and Mackay were in the team yesterday, as Davis said after the match, was because they're good in one v ones because they should be able to win those battles. And it just looked to me as if Oda maybe shirked away from them um, one to all, a, a little too regularly. But like you say, on the one occasion when he actually did go for it, you know, charge forward, good ball in the box, Denham's unlucky. Um, you know, I think it's maybe just a little bit behind them. And, you know, it's a great chance. So, you know, you just, yeah, you'd always see just a wee bit more of that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so to, to finish up, James, the, we might, we'll see what we're doing Boxing Day we might both be on so we might do a video to look ahead to the Hibs game so we won't touch on the Hibs game just yet but what's your what, what's your overall thoughts on what that result will do because like, like Craig here uh, Craig 2702 says that was good performance yesterday everyone who started and came on tried their best and knew what they were doing I'm so confident for the Derby our results are improving um, not just that but our performances as well are improving just to add that a little bit yeah. on that was that was a really big win, and the the manner just like the manner of it coming after the uh, coming after the Celtic game, the and then just that mindset going into the derby on a high, 
you see heard it yesterday, like the, uh, the fans sing and bring on the high bees and stuff mm. and stuff like that. There, there was a, there was a much better atmosphere, uh, like the Christmas song with the Gorgi Ultras, the um, um, leading that. It was it was just it was it was just uh, probably the, other than Rosenberg, probably the best, most positive uh, um, atmosphere at Tyne Castle this season. I think so. Yeah, I mean it's hard. You know, it's impossible to deny, deny. There's a feel good factor about the team at the moment. You know, yeah, obviously results will do that. But I think the more encouraging thing is that particularly over the last maybe two months or so, you know, performances like yesterday, those have become more of the norm. And performances like, for instance, the second half at Pataudry, those have become the exception. You know, mm-hmm. like generally, actually, you know, for large spells of games, the team's playing pretty good and pretty comfortably. Um, and I think that perhaps earlier in the season, I don't know if you could say the same thing. Um, particularly when Hearts were still playing in Europe, and there was obviously they were struggling with struggling, juggling the domestic and, and European matches. So, that, I think I think that I think you know Craig makes a great point. It is that it's not just yeah, obviously results have gone up, but performances are, are becoming more consistent as well, which is always going to be the foundation of any success that you have. You know, so I, I think there's a lot to be encouraged about. Um, the fact is, you know, two, there were two clean, che- two clean sheets on the bounce, three points, you know, two goals in both games. It wasn't as if it was a KG one 0 You know, both games Hearts scored fairly early on. It was all right. I think yeah, there's there are lots of reasons to be encouraged, and particularly even the last few games. When even if you look back to, for instance, yeah, the Aberdeen game, um, you know, there's been a, there earlier on in the season there were a lot of problems. We touched on a lot with scoring early goals or scoring in the first half at all. Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't seem to be a thing anymore. Now the team are regularly scoring, get, getting goals in the first half, which just sets them up. Because I think this Hearts team, when they go one 0 up, they're really hard to play against. They're really Very hard. hard to, yeah. it, it, it's really hard to get back into the game. So I think you know that first goal is so important. So the fact that now they're getting them earlier and more regularly, that's got to be a huge thing because it just leaves Hearts in the driving seat in matches. And when they are in the driving seat, they look incredibly difficult to beat. Yeah, I think you, you touched on this the, the clean sheets there, and I forgot to mention it when we were talking about the defence at the start. So that uh, Graham points out nine clean sheets in eighteen league games is very is a very impressive record. It was, as especially when you consider last season and as a whole the, uh, across the whole season, the team kept seven clean sheets. I think it was. So you've just got it's just such a such a a good quality, strong foundation, best. Find a platform to have for a team is being able to defend and keep clean sheets. Because if you keep clean sheets, one goal and and you're sorted. Especially when you have Lauren, uh, someone like Lauren Shankland as well. So it's uh, yeah, uh, a lot of things going in the right direction. We will leave it there. Thank you very much for everyone uh, listening. Thanks very much. Thank you very uh, thank you very much for everyone who subscribes. And we wish you all a very very merry Christmas. And like I said, we might be back. Uh, on Boxing Day to chat about the Edward Derby, which is on the twenty seventh at Easter Road. So, yeah, a lot to um, a lot to look forward to, and it's good to go into Christmas on a high at Tynecastle Park. So, yeah, thank you very much, James. Mm, thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, and thank you very much, everyone else. Goodbye. <laughs>